Welcome back to the Strength and Speed Podcast. I'm your host, Mudgear Battle Alliance Pro, Evan Preparis. I got another Mudgear Battle Alliance Pro on the line with me, and possibly a third guest. We're going to see if he joins us a little bit later. Joining me, I've got Jenny Overstreet. Jenny, welcome. Hi. Thank you. As I mentioned, Jenny's another pro and recent winner of America's Toughest Mudder Central, Indianapolis, of so the 12-hour Toughest Mudder race. Uh, she won the female division uh, this past weekend. Also, obviously, on my pro team, and it's got a smattering of podiums mostly in the midwest um yeah this episode is brought to you by hylete hylete is my go-to pre and post race apparel uh very comfortable that's what our warm-ups are for the team i use their bags every time i travel so if you ever see me traveling to or from a race i'll have one of their backpacks on i guarantee it uh i use their six in one a lot of the times it's a backpack that you can turn into a duffel bag essentially and then a computer bag or you combine them all into one or uh, I have a couple of their other like normal backpacks, the Icon, which is discontinued, but then their normal uh, kind of like standard backpack, which if you see me at Infinite Hero on a challenge, that's what I was wearing on the course. Jenny, give me some thoughts on Hylite. Um, I love Hylite. I've got quite a few of their like regular activewear stuff. Um, I'm actually wearing the shorts right now, and I was wearing them like pre and post race this last uh, time of Smutter. So I just like all of their things. So today's episode, we're going to be talking all about Toughest Mudder Central. So Jenny, that was your first, was that your, that was your first Toughest Mudder, not your first Tough Mudder. Is that correct? That's correct. Yep. Okay. How many Tough Mudders have you done before? Um, so I did one, gosh, like five or six years ago, just for fun with a group of friends. Um, I think it, we had just did a 5K. So that, that's my whole experience with Tough Mudder. <laughs> right on. Yeah. We just had uh, Phil Huckey join us, uh, the Ohio beard here. We're doing just uh, just audio today, Phil. Then you don't have to worry about seeing your beautiful, luscious beard here. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to get my phone to accept all the permissions here. And we got Akash joining us, too. Hey, guys. <laughs> hey, we're, we're just doing audio today, Akash. Oh, great. This is better. <laughs> what is with the cricket? Is there a cricket noise? Are you guys hearing this? I think it's Philip. Yeah, he's out. That's probably me. They're uh, they're they're over there uh, drilling drilling posts and stuff for uh, a new obstacle. Oh, okay. Of course, there's crickets all around me. I am standing in a field. <laughs> all right. So, just joining us, we had Akash Garg, one of my teammates from most recent Toughest, and also my teammate from Toughest Mudder Las Vegas 2019. Akash, welcome. Hey, guys. And then also joining me, we got uh, Phil Huckey, who's been on the podcast before, several time Ninja Warrior competitor, best known for his glorious beard, which is actually shorter than it used to be. So Phil, welcome. Glad to be here. And if you, you, you may remember Phil from advertisements, let's see, for Indian Mud Run from OCRWC, I think some A&W advertisements too, where he actually like painted his beard. Is that oh, right, yeah. Phil? Am I missing any yeah. other brands? Uh. uh... I had a very glorious picture for me at uh, War X with a huge explosion behind me on a uh, on a rope traverse. Yeah, War X, another uh, local brand in Ohio, and I believe you are out there right now building. Is that correct? I am on course right now. We're setting up some uh, new obstacles. Uh, it's something something nobody's ever seen in an obstacle race before. So Exciting. definitely worth checking out. And give us give a quick plug for War X. When is that and location? <laughs> Uh, I believe first weekend of October, Jackson, Ohio. Uh, we got a trilogy weekend going on, so there's actually three races over the whole weekend. Uh, there's a 3K sprint lap, a 10K main race, and then a 5K trail race. So it's going to be a good time. Amazing. Yeah, that's been on my bucket list for a while. That Indian Mud Run, Ohio, is not the closest place for me to get to. So it's been uh, it's been on there. I'll make it out of there one of these days, hopefully. So. All right, so we are talking about Toughest Mudder primarily for this episode. Uh, we just, just mentioned Jenny's first Toughest experience. So, Jenny, let's start off with, like, what were you expecting going into the event? And then kind of how did it actually – yeah, let's say what were you expecting going into the event? So, I, I kind of didn't really know what to expect, to be honest with you. Um, I had gotten some feedback from, like, uh, a few – tough mutter enthusiasts like uh jason rulo and I, I know i talked to you a little bit about it evan but um i really i really didn't know what to expect i just kind of went into it knowing i'm going to be moving for 12 hours and that was all that i knew <laughs> so yeah 
right on. And then how did it actually start playing out for you once you started running? Um, well, I think um, I was feeling pretty good as far as running goes. It was a super cool experience. I thought, like, I, I really – I didn't know – so I, I kind of knew – you know, I knew I was going to be running for 12 hours, but I didn't know how like the rules worked and how everything worked. And, um, I didn't really know until the day before that it was kind of like a rolling obstacle opening kind of thing. So obstacles opened at different times. And I thought that was really cool. And it kind of kept things interesting as you kept going. Um, obviously at some point everything's open and it gets, um, you know, you're repeating the same things over and over, but I just, I, I don't know. I just thought it was cool how it, kept you kind of engaged and kept things changing a little bit throughout the whole process. Um, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So you've done other ultras. So, um, how, how far, how far have you run for just pure ultra and how far have you run for ultra OCR? Uh, for pure ultra, I've done 50 miles. So I've done a 50 miler. Um, this would, this last half, this was my longest ultra OCR. So, the 70k yeah, yeah. What, was your, what was your previous longest ultra ocr before this? um 50 miles okay oh previous ocr ultra yeah i want to say like it was uh um maybe like 17 miles okay something pretty, like that yeah pretty substantial upgrade i know yes. phil, phil this was your first toughest too uh give me some of your kind of thoughts expectations and then going in and kind of some of how it played out all right so on my side, we, me and can you hear me now? Yeah, I got you now. Go for it. Okay, sorry, phone was muted. Anyway, um, so yeah, this was uh, it was actually my second toughest, but it was my first one I did competitively. Um, I did one a few years ago in Chicago with some friends and cousins, and you know that was just a just a fun run. Uh, even at that, I was able to do twenty five miles, and a little bit tired by the end of that. But you know, it was kind of one of those. I really want to get back and do one of these seriously and see how it goes and see what I can do and it just never never worked out until this year uh, and I'm, I'm glad I did make it back uh, I know kind of last minute there we decided to to form our team I hadn't had in mind that I was running this individual and then uh, very last minute hey we're, we're joining a team and I gotta <laughs> say I'm, I'm really glad I did because uh, that uh, you know the team mentality certainly helped me push push through when when I wanted to be done and, you know, I, I was, I knew I was capable of more, but I sure didn't want to do more. <laughs> so, so it was, it was, it was good to have that, have that push for sure. Yeah. So long story short, last minute race cancellation for me this past weekend. So I messaged, let's see, Akash, Phil and Scott Rizeki, our other teammate on, I think it was Wednesday. And I was like, Hey, uh, you want to do a team this weekend at Toughest Mother? And they all, all, all three of them said, yes. So we signed up. And, uh, you know, got ready to go kind of last minute team. Akash, do you know the average age of our team uh, off the top of your head? I think it was 41 and change. I feel like I'm also the older one in it. So it makes me feel sad, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we got a 39, 40, uh, 42 and another 42, I believe is the the four ages. So, uh, how did you feel coming into the race and, uh, give me some of your thoughts of this toughest compared to some of the other toughest. I'll be honest, I, it, work has been crazy for me. So when someone said team, I said, you know, that sounds great. I think that would be wonderful. So I don't have to kill myself for a complete 12 hours. This race was fast, even though there's sections of mud. Like, I, I was surprised at how fast this course was. And I thought the Tough Mudders stepped up their game with the obstacles. These weren't, they, these weren't as, I mean, they were a little bit tougher, I thought. Yeah, I agree. I th- they added a lot more... Um... For those of you who hate Devil's Beard, I feel like there was a Devil's Beard variant on more than I don't know how many had Devil's Beard variants. It was it was nothing but Devil's Beard. <laughs> even, even Arctic Enema. I mean, if you think that we got out of that, and you're still crawling around. Yes, for the Devil's Beard is the net that sends you stake to the ground. So Arctic Enema, you went into the ice slide and then had to climb out underneath the net to get out. There was a Devil's Beard that was in water, so you you kind of entered on dirt, went into the like this watery section, and then climbed that up kind of slightly uphill so yeah it was good um the only my only kind of complaint and i'm not saying it was poorly marked but i'm saying compared to the tough motor standard i thought the course markings were not as good as previous events uh there was some times when like you'd have 
I kind of had to like squint to see the next course marking kind of off in the distance. And, you know, if it was daytime, you'd be able to see it perfectly fine. But at nighttime, it was a little bit harder to see. So um, I know I caught a couple people like veering off course and like called their, you know, said, whoa, over here. And they, they kind of came back on. But, you know, other than that, I thought it, I thought it was very well run event. So, Jenny, how did, um, you, you came across the first lap. Uh, tell me a, bit, a little about that, the sprint lap, and then kind of uh, your plan moving forward from there. Um, okay, so it's kind of funny because I, who was I running with? Uh, Jason Merlo, maybe? No, it wasn't Jason. It was a strong as oak guy. Um, Jeff, maybe? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jeff. yeah, yeah. So we ended up um, the last, like, mile or so of the first lap running next to each other. Um, I had no idea what it even meant to have the sprint lap. <laughs> but we're, like, running along, and he sees um, the girl that was in front of me, um, coming up towards you know towards the finish off in the distance and he's like hey if you sprint her you can win the sprint lap and or if you beat her you can win the sprint lap and I was like I don't know what that means but okay so I just take off and start sprinting trying to catch her um and then we end up crossing the first mat I actually was ahead of her but then I didn't realize there was two timing mats um and so like I, I held back and so she won the sprint lap but I was almost there and like afterwards it was like you, you know you get a different color bib or something like that and I was like well that was kind of dumb like I just sprinted for you know like for no reason but yeah. felt like forever for no reason um but it was just kind of funny um but then from that point like I think that you know that pushed me into um first position and I felt pretty strong from there like it took me a little bit to recover from that nice long sprint but once I was recovered from that I was feeling pretty good and um, from there just kept moving. Yeah, I know. I think you, you made a mistake that I often make, you know, we've been racing obstacle. I think everyone on this podcast has been racing obstacle course racing for a long time where I get so comfortable that I'm like, I've done obstacle course. I don't need to read the rules. I'm fine. Um, and sometimes it bites yeah. you in the butt, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, especially when you're entering something that's yeah. complicated, like a uh, toughest mutter, which has a lot of variations and even, you know, even variations from previous years. Uh, Akash, why don't you tell me about what surprised you at the last Toughest Mudder, Toughest Mudder East in Philly? Uh, well, this particular one, I, I, I'm sorry, I have to comment on, on rules. I believe I had a teammate, maybe by the name of Evan, that reminded me about timing mats and the 60-second thing. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I almost <laughs> ruined a whole lap for our entire team. And I was just I, I totally screwed up. Yep. I didn't realize that the you, you really did need the sixty second rule between teammates crossing. Um, and uh, yeah, so, yeah, I about I, I about basically yeah, Evan would have killed me. Let's just be honest. So um, but, so, so so for that one, um, same the same it was the same timing mat that caused the problem. So Akash had separated from Scott on his lap, and he's like, "Yeah, Scott's behind me. He'll catch up." So Akash comes off a of Mutterhorn, and Scott isn't on Mutterhorn yet. And he's jogging towards that first timing mat, which is in front of ES, electroshock therapy. Um, and he's about to cross. I'm like, Akash, stop. Stop. Fuck. Like, you know, F-bomb, stop. Like, uh. screaming at the top of my lungs. <laughs> and he's like, he like freezes. And then he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I was like, sorry, I had to. Like, I went from zero to like 100 in about a half a second. I'll be honest. That was great. And the other thing that I did not realize with Toughest this year, I don't know if it was really this race, the two-man, four-man thing, you know, it used to be with two-man, you could alternate laps. I mean, I, I really enjoyed that previously, and now they're, like, saying that the two-man, you, you have to be have two people on course all the time. Yeah, so it's, it, the relay category is two people on course regardless. So there's no, man, there's no more two-man and four-man relay categories. It's just relay category, and if you show up with two people, you guys stay as a team the whole – essentially, you, you both have to be on course the whole time. If you show up with four people or three people um, – first and last lap have to be together in between it's two men or two person on course minimum so yeah that's an adjustment and then uh what about the the lap length that's your last toughest Tell oh real lord quick. okay so my dumb self i i'm used to five mile laps and well you know i'm looking at my watch and i feel like hey guys we're we're going really slow <laughs> why, why we're not even close to halfway what's going on why did we take so long I, I kind of yelled at some teammates and uh, kind of got frustrated for a minute, and then I realized these are six-mile laps. This <laughs> might be why we're 15 minutes off the pace. 
So there, Akash is yelling at uh, Four Loco, which is the team he was on last time, which is like, un- I think they're undefeated and toughest. They hold the record for most toughest miles as a relay team. Uh, we've had Jake Ramsey on the podcast before. He was one of their members. And, uh, you know, he's got a great lineup of, of athletes with them, which is just real. I think that's a really funny story. It was great. <laughs> they were all like, we're good, man. <laughs> so, yeah, toughest mutter this year is 6.2 mile laps, so 10K laps. And I'm tracking the world's toughest mutter unless they change it before then is, is still going to be the five mile laps though. So, so, for, uh, so there'll be more, which I, I like a little better. It's more obstacle density. Um, so, you know, teach their own. All right. Ooh, uh, Jenny, Jenny, let's do Jenny and Phil, like favorite, least favorite obstacle on the course. Uh, what's the one, <laughs> not electroshock therapy, but the other one with the white lightning wires, white lightning. I actually really like that. Um, it like, it was just kind of fun to get through and it totally woke me up every time I went through it. So it that was, was it that was the worst. That was the, to the white lightning, they did a combination of crybaby and, um, electric EL. So there was the hanging electro wires, but you're crawling through it. Uh, and then they pumped the quote unquote tear gas in, and it was actually kind of thick. Uh, it's, it's basically like menthol gas. It's not actually CS or tear gas, but um, it, there, were, it, there was one point when I got to it that they left the front open and I think it was maybe getting too dense and like people were complaining or something but I don't know my, my first lap I couldn't keep my eyes open and I must have been shocked like 15 times going through I picked a really bad lane <laughs> and it was so smoky I couldn't see anything <laughs> but the trick is you got to find the lane that works for you like there are certain gaps um, so I eventually went all the way to the left and that was like my go-to and I, I would get shocked like once maybe twice per lap as opposed to yeah. 15 and then what about at least well favorite? and it was interesting when other people so least favorite is it called mud mile <laughs> the, the yeah. mud holes it's just just mud mud pits, mud pits. yeah yeah um it's... that was just yeah yeah it was just uh like i'm i'm five two you know so those some of that water was like up to like my shoulder height and it was just really challenging to get out of right on phil what, what are your thoughts is it uh, most favorite least favorite yeah yeah so most favorite i mean anything that's close to an approximating a ninja style obstacle so uh, you know king of swingers or funky monkey but yeah that, that's my bread and butter i love those things um and honestly I actually kind of liked the the electric eel one, um, Evan. I know you uh, did not have as good of a trip through that <laughs> as as I did, but uh, I'm kind of a, a strange individual in that the electric shocks don't really bother me. And weirdly, there's you know tear gas stuff. It really wasn't bothering me either. I just kind of flopped down and sprinted through that, and I was through it in about ten seconds and said, eh, "That one's easy." So. Yeah, that one didn't bother me a whole lot. Um, yeah, cer- certainly a least favorite. I'm I'm not a big fan of the Arctic enema. Uh, when I hit the when I hit the water, it always makes me gasp really bad, and I've got to be real careful not to get my head in the water when you first drop in, or else I'll take in water, and and that'll be a bad day. So, yeah, that's. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, everything else is pretty much run of the mill. Although, <laughs> Evan, if you recall the, uh, oh, I forget what it's called, the one where we had to go on the uh, the, the floats across the water. Oh yeah, Castaway. Uh, Castaway. Cast yeah, yeah. Our 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 first attempt at that didn't go particularly well, and I think there's some fo- photographic evidence floating around of uh, our, our our questionable methods of getting through that one. But hey, we got it. So. Yeah. So normally they have, the inflation thing is like slightly deflated, and when you sit on it, it kind of you sink into it really good. But this one was like super inflated, just like it was yeah. in Missouri. And so we were essentially like, the float was like off to the side and we were just like hanging sideways, like just forcing our way across, kind of muscling it. So, um, and it was super, I, I do appreciate your, your obstacle proficiency. It was super nice to be with someone who's uh, very obstacle proficient. Uh, in general, I'm usually the stronger of the two for obstacle running. Um, so it was, you know, every time we got to, I was like, "Oh, we're gonna make it across, no problem." So, <laughs> yeah, the, the the well, well, I'd say, I'd say the the least least favorite of mine is just how many miles I had to run because <laughs> the, the running is where I'm not not as strong. So, yeah, that was uh, maybe that was my least favorite part was mile after mile after mile and miles. <laughs> so, Jenny, you've 
now that you've done a toughest, let's say you're going back to another one, what are you going to change to kind of adjust your strategy? Sorry, I didn't unmute. Um, I think that um, I kind of learned a little bit. Well, first of all, I need to go up a half size in my shoes because if they start filling up with mud like they did through every mud mile, um, it was like killing my toes. Um, so that would be what I would change the most. And then I also kind of learned um, that uh, just packing nutrition so I don't actually have to, to go into the pit area. Like I think that I could have done that a little bit better. And uh, I think I only actually pitted twice, um, but I think I could actually even maybe cut that down to like once every couple laps or three laps probably. So. Gotcha. Yeah, they were they were actually stricter on the rules this time. I heard they straight up DQ'd a couple people for essentially passing food out during the non pit area, right? So like there was the uh, there was like a kind of a there was kind of a buffer area, and then there was the pit. And then if you kind of if you kind of went through the start line and walked a little bit, there was like a you know it wasn't quite the buffer, it wasn't quite the pit, it wasn't quite the course, but they were like you're not allowed to pass food there. And I heard they DQ'd people. Um, Akash, did you see that? I think you were. Yeah, that was that actually kind of made me, in a way, happy. I'm not saying happy, like I don't want someone to get DQ'd, honestly, but that they were enforcing rules. Like, get, you know, because some people, you know, we we kind of put our pit time and pit strategy into how we race, and, right. and, and and that's really a big deal of it to me. I don't know. Yeah, and Akashi, I mean, you've done you've done a ton of ultra OCRs, right? I mean, Spartan Ultra Beast. How many Ultra Beasts have you done, and how many? Give some people up some plugs on your some of your credentials. Oh here. lord. Uh well, uh Bonefrog, which is kind of gonna expire. I don't know how they're doing, honestly, but um I, I'm the all time endurance one for them. I think I've run thirty with them. And with Spartan, I can't remember the exact number. Uh, but I've podiumed over ten times. Not as many as you, sir. I can't say nothing about that. Butter with toughest and uh, all that. I've I've done only about a dozen at most, but every one of them, oh my gosh, being able to pit efficiently and not get cold is huge. I always found that to be amazing. I think that's the biggest thing. So do you change anything when we run, you know, you've done a, you came in third at Toughest Central, was it 2019? Uh, Me and you came in first at Toughest West 2019. You came in first and third this year at uh, the two Toughest in Relay. Yeah, what do you change when you switch over to team from individual to team? Like, what what's your what's some of your adjustments you make? Well, Evan, I'm I'm not going to lie about this. I think we had a slight discussion about this once, but um, you don't have to pack effectively if it's team. <laughs> I really think you could just pile what you would normally do. You don't make your little nice perfect lap bags. When I'm individual, each lap there's a perfect bag of nutrition. I'm grabbing this and I'm going gels in hand. Run. Don't spend any time in the pit whatsoever. When it's team, it's like okay, the lap's done. I'm gonna casually find my little bag and <laughs> go do this. I I mean, heck, I don't think me or you even packed our stuff really effectively for this past one 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah that's accurate and uh i know some of the listeners are like well, well i'm not competitive so i don't need to pack the lap bags or stuff like that but i'll say you know everyone's everyone's going out there with a the goal whether it be get a brown bib for world's toughest or you know qualify as contender so anytime you spent messing around in the pit and not moving forward that's time you're costing yourself not on course moving forward right that's that's taking away from your overall goal so, oh correct you know definitely correct and yeah, like like I, my, my packing was a complete disaster this time. The one thing I I change from when I do individual is I bring a lot more changes of clothes. So I actually changed into dry socks and dry shorts uh, between every lap for this. So I would um, I, I change my shoes a couple times. Uh, again, normally I don't. I either do one change or no changes. And for this one, I changed shoes. I think three or four times. Um, and even when I didn't change shoes, I I, I take off my shoes between laps and like scrape out the mud that had accumulated, like Jenny was saying. And uh, I put on dry shorts and dry socks because sitting around in wet clothes, even in 70 degree weather will make you cold. So another thing too, Evan, I mean, like whenever we're doing team and such, one thing that I, I really noticed that I think we forget keeping that body warm in between laps, not just by temperature, but God bless you. You don't want to catch a cramp then it's weird. That's the worst time to catch a cramp is actually in the pit. Yeah. Yeah. Phil, tell me a little bit about um, how did you stay warm between laps? What was your uh, After our first pit, um, 
Well, I, I didn't <laughs> in our first pit. I, I got pretty darn cold. Um, after that, uh, you know, I, I peeled off the, uh, I, I was running shirtless. I peeled off the, the bib that they gave us. Uh, I, I took the different tack. I, you know, I just left my, uh, I, I left my wet bottoms on and just hunkered down in the dry robe for the most part. And I found that was pretty sufficient. Uh, after that, I, I didn't really get cold, but, uh, yeah, like what, uh, like what Akash was saying was, uh, just the the downtime while it was like you know tantalizing while you're out on the course and suffering like oh my gosh i need a break the the hour-long break was almost too much because yeah. you know you, you, you cool off your body starts saying okay well we're done running now i can start you know re resting relaxing healing whatever and getting started moving again from that state was uh, increasingly difficult as the night went for sure so yes as nice as the downtime seemed uh in the end i feel like it was almost worse at least yeah. harder to get started again yeah mentally it's a, it's a different feeling and it almost makes the event feel longer because you're like i feel like i'm counting down minutes when i'm sitting in the pit being like okay when are they gonna arrive all right doing math right. and trying to trying to figure things out but uh yeah but it did give me a chance to, you know, do, do some refueling that I, I desperately needed and some rehydrating. Uh, you know, hydration kind of became an issue on our, our final lap. Um, I had definitely gotten dehydrated by that point. And so, you know, using the downtime, trying to get as much water into me as possible. And honestly, I'd say that was one one kind of ding against the, the, the race itself was that there was only one water station at the halfway point. And I, I felt like we could have used a few more, especially early in the night when it was still, I'm going to be honest, it was still pushing 80 degrees and very humid. I mean, you know, yeah, the sun's not shining, but it's still warm. I was still, I was still sweating like crazy and losing water. Yeah. And just, just having one water station that, you know, three miles in was like, eh, I, I could use a little more, but you know, then again, Hey, that's on me. I could have carried it. <laughs> True. So yeah. One yeah. water station is the norm for five mile laps. The other toughest this year, I thought it had like two or three water stations. I thought it had a couple more. Do you remember, Akash? Yeah, they definitely had two. I, okay. I, I, I distinctly remember two. Yeah. Jenny, tell me about a little bit about some of your gear choices, shoes, socks, anti-chafing, recovery, et cetera. Um, so shoes, I run in pretty, like my standard is the DJ Max. Um, and then gear wise, I, it's pretty much all mud gear. <laughs> um, obviously mud gear compression socks and then, um, the compression capris, like I kept as much coverage, at least on my lower body as possible. That's yeah. pretty much it. I run in shorts a lot of the times and my shins end up getting all cut up. Um, but I don't know, it's just 12 hours. It'll, they'll, they'll heal. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not too concerned. <laughs> But I always, I always come out of these uh, ultra OCRs like looking like I ran through a thorn, bunch of thorn bushes all night. So, um, but yeah. Okay. Well, can I ask the question? Does anyone else have these little red bumps all over them <laughs> from something? I do not. Akash, Phil? Uh, my forearms got a little bit chewed up and I think that was from uh, getting dropped off the top of the, the, the warp wall doohickey there by one of the volunteers. Uh, got a little chewed up on that, but uh I've definitely come out of a few races with what you're talking about. It's probably chigger bites. Um, yeah. Itchy as all get out. Oh, the, man. No, they're man, they're, they're really not itchy. And I, there's a couple people that were within my group that have this same thing going on. So I don't know what it is. It just looks bad, but it, they don't yeah. itch or hurt. So, yeah. Only thing I was left with was, was bruises for me being stupid. I'll be, <laughs> that's what I had on my <laughs> Yeah, I got, I got a few of those, too. <laughs> I'm proud to say I didn't rip my shorts this time, which is a rarity. I rip my shorts almost every race. Usually, <laughs> I usually It's usually because I'm, dra I'm literally, like, dragging my ass over uh, some of the obstacles because I'm trying to save energy slash tired slash being lazy. And uh, I, it always catches on, like, the one thing with, like, a, the tiniest of edges. So um, didn't rip my shorts this time. I was, I was pleased with that. And other than that... Yeah. Uh, uh, on 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 my end, the the the, the bottoms that I was running in are uh, legendary to me. I've had the same OCR like shorts things that I've been running in 
for almost 10 years now. I, and I, I cannot possible. believe, I cannot believe they're still holding together. Nobody can believe they're still holding together, but I mean, the, the day they die is the day that I cry because they're, they're perfect. They're, they're, they're tight, but they have integrated knee pads and no, on any kind of, any kind of crawl, you know, you get down, get down on your knees. It's, it's, they're perfect. They're, they're under armor. I found them on clearance at Dick's like 10 years ago. I was like, Oh, these look like they'll be nice. And here I am 10 years later. I mean, they, they got some thin spots and I always bring a backup pair. Cause I think, Oh, well this, this is going to be the race to do them in, but Nope, they're still kicking and they survived the toughest now too. So, and, and I've never seen another pair like them. <laughs> That's impressive. I'm going to give a quick shout out to uh, Jonathan who works on the tough mutter staff. Who's actually, he's usually in the, registration or like mutter information tents when you come into a tough mutter event but he actually was there not working running toughest um and i think it was his first toughest and so i we i ran into him at uh shawshank which is the one where you climb up the tube and then you fall into the water below and uh he was <laughs> i think he watched me go out and i basically like get to the end and kind of crouch into a ball and like hop in feet first and he's like oh man he's like i've been falling in backwards the whole time He's like, you can just you can just hop out like that. I was like, yeah, it's a lot lot more pleasant. He's like, damn it. It's like, yeah. So little tricks like that you you pick up. Jenny, were you falling in backwards or were you hopping out? No, I was hopping out for sure. But I did. Someone else in my group said that the um, instructions said to fall in backwards. So maybe that's why he was doing it. I mean, so the 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 official like the way they show you to do the obstacle like on on their advertisements is falling in backwards. Um, that being uh, said, like almost, okay. I've almost no one does that cause it's not pleasant cause I've done it before, uh, to save time and uh, yeah. you just kind of yeah. eat it hard coming out. I have, but, I, I have, who was I talking to? I was talking to someone that says that if you, if you go face first and kind of tuck and roll, you'll, you'll do a complete rotation and land feet first. Um, can't remember who, who was talking. Maybe it was Jason Rulo who was talking about that. Huh. So I have not tried that one. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll give it a whirl at some point. So, uh, my travel to there went great. So shout out to Akash for picking me up from the airport. Let me crash at his place for a little bit beforehand. And then my travel on the way back was a complete disaster. So I, uh, got, let's see, Scott and Jay, Scott, uh, Rulo and Jason, uh, Jason Rulo and Scott Rizeki. So Jason's the Neptune creator and Scott was on the pro team for a couple of years we one we started driving into the wrong location we started driving to cincinnati uh because scott was like out of it and put the wrong address into his phone um probably the only took us about 15 minutes out of the way and then finally drove to indianapolis airport and dropped me off i sat on the runway for three and a half hours um so like i'm on the plane i fall asleep i'm out for two hours i wake up and i'm still in indiana on the runway and i was like what is happening i looked at the guy next to me i'm like what what is going on he's like oh i don't know they're fixing something on the plane L- long story short i get to chicago about three and a half hours late and my chicago flight had already taken off actually i only missed it by like an hour and uh, so i'm stuck in chicago for an additional 22 hours and uh, my friend my college room one of my college roommates happens to be dating a girl from chicago and they happen to be coming back from norway at that exact same time so they actually got off their flight and met me at the airport and uh, went back to her place and went out to dinner with them. And then I got to spend like a day in Chicago. It was awesome. Like <laughs> started out as a disaster, but it, it turned into a lot of fun. Um, side note, there is, I walked around like the Sears Tower and some other sites, the giant Chicago bean there. And uh, it was raining. So it was like completely empty. And then I went to, there's a place called Galloping Ghost Arcade. It is a, it is the largest arcade in the world. 885 video games. So essentially a flat fee to get in, you pay, and then you can stay as long as you want. I got to play there for about an hour and a half before I had to go catch my flight. So ended up being a pretty good, uh, pretty good, you know, delay in my flight plans there. Bill, I got to give a quick shout out to your wife for hanging out with us and taking care of us between laps. It's always nice to have someone else who is uh, confident and uh, clear headed and helpful hanging out in the pit. So definitely appreciate her. Yeah, I will definitely uh, p- pass that along. Uh, it was it was one of those when I was looking to sign up for the race and I was talking about I needed a pit crew. She doesn't normally come out to races, but she said, you know what? That actually sounds kind of fun. I'm in. Oh, 
Yeah, you know, for a team, you don't necessarily need a pit crew. Uh, that being said, again, having someone, again, having someone who's clear-headed and like who could kind of like relay messages uh, back and forth was was a nice touch, as opposed to normally like like me and Akash just run by each other yelling as uh, one of us <laughs> goes out on the next lap or something. So it was nice to like, yeah. actually be able to communicate. And, uh, and, and and again, it was originally it was just going to be me, and then it was the last minute team edition. I was like, well. I, I guess you get to pit for the whole team now. So yeah. it worked out good that way. So tell us about how you were feeling on the, uh, we'll start off with Jenny. Tell us about how you were feeling uh, towards the end of the race. Would you, uh, did you kind of push it to hit some mileage milestones or you just kind of coast it out? Uh, were you feeling good? Feeling like you could run for another 12 hours if you need to? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I felt pretty good towards the end. I, I would say my last lap, I slowed down a little bit, um, but maybe did a little bit of hiking but um for the most part I was able to kind of keep moving and and run I feel like the like I mean my only experience in the long longer races is the straight ultra trail runs and I liked how the uh obstacles kind of broke that up and like just let your body move in a different way I think um so I don't know I felt pretty strong at at the end like I I felt like I probably could have kept going maybe not for another full 12 hours but but it could have kept moving a little bit yeah no i mean you you can't move at the same pace for another 12 i mean you can see as unless you're mark botras that was weird uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> but most people their their second 12 hours is substantially slower it's a it's a substantially positive split um which means yeah. you know they, they slow down so makes sense but yeah phil tell us about how the last couple laps it went for you because we you know the the way with the team essentially the whole team has to run so well, at least at least half of your team is going to run two laps in a row and uh, the way it timed out for us is me and you ran uh two laps in a row at the beginning and then we ran two laps in a row at the end um so just tell me kind of mindset and uh physicality how you were feeling at the end there yeah by by that point i was uh i, I was getting pretty tired and fairly broke down but i had just kind of just kind of like mentally locked it in like you know what this is just gonna suck for the next couple of hours so let's just do this thing <laughs> um you know all the previous laps i had the, the the mental benefit of hey i'm gonna get a break and knowing that halfway through our final two laps like yeah i get a quick pit stop to grab some some fuel and some water and then straight back out um the the, the very last lap uh, that was when I, I think some dehydration was setting in. Um, I was getting dizzy. We got about a mile and a half into the uh, into it there, and you know, I, I started like my heart rate started going up, my breathing started going way up, and then I realized I was getting really dizzy and lightheaded. And you know, fortunately, by that point, we knew we pretty much had third place locked in, and we had the luxury of we could slow down a little bit. So I know our, our, our final, final lap was substantially longer than the rest of them. But, uh, yeah, that's, that was probably a good thing for me. Yeah, I was getting a little worried when you were – I was like, all right, if he blacks out, I'm going to – here's how we're going to carry him. I was doing math. I'm like, how long that would take. Um, that's, that, that, that is the closest I think I've ever come to blacking out on a course, that's for sure. Oh, man. So what's was funny is, you know, like when I see you, I'm like, oh, and he's your warrior and, like, you know – I, I, I admire a lot of attributes that you have for your, your obstacle proficiency and skill. And, um, it was pretty funny. Like you, you, your, your wife was like, yeah, you, yeah. You know, like he literally wrote the book on ultra distance OCR referring to me. And I was like, oh yeah, I mean, I, I guess I did do that, but it was, um, it was funny getting, getting some of those compliments from, uh, you and your wife regarding that. Um, and then one of my favorite parts, uh, was I was talking to Jason Rulo and I was like, I was like, yeah, you know, like I, yeah, I'm sure the guys are concerned. I said something like, you know, the rest of the team, you're concerned about winning or whatever, concerned about doing well. And Jason, this is what Jason said to me. I don't, I don't know, I don't know if it's true, but this, this, he's like, he's like, well, Evan, they're not, they're not concerned about winning, like referring to the team. He's like, they're concerned about disappointing you. And I was like, I don't. That seems odd, but uh, okay, so. Uh, I thought that was a very interesting statement Jason Jason made to me. I mean, there is a certain amount of that. Uh, I mean, you know, published author for how to run these races is running with you. You gotta, you gotta step up your game, right? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you guys did. It was I, I, I commented on my Facebook post that like, um, I didn't hear anyone complain. I didn't hear anyone, um, uh, talk about quitting. It was just like, 
you know, like you guys gave me feedback, like, oh, my legs hurting right now. I need to slow down, which is fine, right? Like that's, you need to communicate that stuff. Otherwise we're going to run each other into the ground and uh, possibly cause the team to fall apart. But you just kind of like, all right, here's what we're doing. Boom. And uh, it was nice. It felt like, it felt like I had kind of mental clones around me of myself uh, where we weren't talking about stopping or uh, et cetera. It was just like, all right, here's the pace we got to hold. We're going to do it. Um, yeah, Kosh, tell me about kind of your, your pacing and how that went. Well, I'm glad we can do math. I'll put it that way. <laughs> this is actually the most pleasant last lap I've ever had at any toughest, toughest worlds, whatever, mutter. I mean, it was, we kind of had locked in third. So it was, it was kind of nice to sit there and say, yeah, we can, we could, uh, we could trot this one out. I was like, this is great. <laughs> That, that was me and you. Phil and Scott were, were in the pain cave for, for the entire lap there. So, Oh, they did admirably, though. Like, honestly, yeah. when we came up to every obstacle, I wasn't worried about them finishing each obstacle. It was great. It was like, let's just get to them. <laughs> yeah. I also want to give a shout-out to the first and second place teams were smoking. Uh, so Cameron James, I know, was on the, the first place team. I can't remember who the other three guys he had with, but uh, one of the regulars out at Indian Mud Run there. Uh, they had their team was flying. They did another 10k, so they did 100k. And um, Akash, I know the you know some of the second place guys. They're from the Spartan crowd. Give a shout out to some of them that you know. Oh, definitely. Uh, Andy Chabot and uh, uh, Ben. I never have been able to pronounce his name. I- I- I'm gonna go with Yokomides. I'm gonna go with Yokomides. Sounds like a thanks, nice group thanks. name. Thanks. I feel bad because I actually love the man. <laughs> we take care of each other. But those guys, it was nice to see them out there, and also nice to see that you know like ultras are spreading if you will not going just to the same crowd it's nice to have some new blood out there yeah i agree I agree and i also got a quick give a quick shout out to ryan artigo i might hear my son's my son is playing in the background with my action figures sorry um give a quick shout out to ryan artigo so who is uh, another strength and speed guy came in third uh overall and then uh, jeff lippert who came in seventh overall uh Ran, I think, 70K at uh, Tough Mudder Infinity like two or three weeks ago, which I think is the highest amount uh, for toughest Infinity, Tough Mudder Infinity so far. So that was pretty awesome. So great team performance overall. And uh, for me, like personally, you know, having you guys around just makes me – I just very, I feel very proud that the, the team went out there and it wasn't necessarily the fastest, but uh, I feel like they – push themselves to the max of their potential. So, which I think is more important than actually um, winning. Like you, you want to perform at close to your potential than which I think is a better indicator of uh, fitness and long longevity rather than just being super fast and getting burnt out in a year or two. Jenny, um, final thoughts. What else you got coming up? Um, I don't, I don't really know. Um, I am looking at maybe doing a 100K uh, trail race close to Kansas City the end of next month, and then Rugged Maniac, and then I'm not really sure from there. I am considering World's Toughest Mudder, but not 100% sure yet. Okay. Well, my vote is you go because you won, (laughs) so I feel like it's mandatory now. I know know there's family obligations and stuff like that, but uh, I'm voting you go. It's, Uh, it's It's a strong possibility. Yeah. Are you doing the Patriots run in Kansas City September? Oh, yes. Yes, September 10th. 10th. September yep. 10th. So yep. shout out to the Patriots run in Kansas City if anyone wants a multi-lap, either training day or race. Um, that's being run. Uh, it's part. They're partnered with Folds of Honor. Again, you, everyone knows I love Folds of Honor charity. Do scholarship money for kids whose parents are killed and wounded in action. Yep. Give that us, is give, absolutely one of the funnest events um, that I do every year. So I highly recommend it. And I think I have a SS20 is a discount code, so you can save 20% if you have not signed up. Uh, I do not get a kickback from that, so that, but it's good, good code, good event, uh, supports Folds of Honor, so I highly, highly recommend you, you check that if you have time. And I know um, as of this, by the time I release this, it'll probably be the day it closes, but Leaky Hourglass Ultra uh, which we had talked about on the last episode, that's going to shut down their registration. So if anyone wants to do that one, I know Jenny did that one last year and I think you're going out yep. to support. Um, yeah. Super fun event too. Yeah. I'm going to go out and uh, I mean, I might run a little bit, but I'm not going to actually race a race and just kind of hang out and help with whatever they need help with that day. Cause it's so fun to be out there. No. 
Phil, what do you have coming up in 2022? I got a few more local trail races and a uh, series uh, around the Cincinnati area. And as I said, I'm out here at uh, War X. We're building obstacles right now. Uh, misspoke earlier. It's not the first weekend of October. It's actually October 8th, which is the second weekend in October. But uh, yeah, I highly encourage everybody that uh, likes good obstacle course racing to come on out and give this one a try. Uh, ex excellent terrain, excellent obstacles. It's uh, it's going to be a fun time for sure. It's thisiswarx.com. Tell us a little bit about some of their signature obstacles. I know they got some pretty awesome stuff. Yeah. Uh, first off, you know, the, the name War X is short, short for war experience. Um, so, you know, yeah, we're running an obstacle course race, but at the same time, it feels like you're running through a war zone. Uh, there, there, there's smoke, there's sirens. There are some quite massive explosions that really will, uh, it, when, when, when they, when they go off, you'll, uh, you'll get some adrenaline. It'll get you moving. <laughs> Uh, we've got a uh, we've got a four-step dragon's back that's actually floating over a pond, and that finishes to some uh, some monkey bars. We've got some water obstacles where uh, you got to slide down a pipe, swim out the bottom of the pipe underwater, swim across the pond, then swim back underwater, find the end of another pipe, come up inside the pipe, climb out that end. Um, let's see what's some other stuff we've got. We've got the we've got the eliminator, which is a very large, long difficult rig uh that gets reconfigured after every race so if you've raced the race before come on out and it's a uh whole new experience on it this time <laughs> you're gonna have the giant and american flag water slide again that that is definitely coming back um yeah there's there's twin uh, they're about 300 foot long water slides down a big hill into a pond and last year it got painted the whole hillside turned into we, we figured it out it was actually the largest painted american flag in the country when, when we did that, uh, it's a pretty Love impressive it. site. There's uh, pictures of that online. Uh, gosh, what else we got? The one we're working on right now, we call it the Decagon. It's a, uh, it's hard to describe, but uh, kind of almost pegboardish, although the pegs are fixed. Uh, big wheel that you've got to, as, as you work it across, it's rolling across the ground, but it's not exactly round. It kind of jumps and jerks around. So that's, uh, that's what we're building right now. Uh, yeah, crazy terrain, uh, good time. Did I yeah. did I see you guys had a flamethrower there last year? Is that correct? Yep, that's that's part of our uh, war experience. Uh, there's a, a, a pretty intense uh, mud crawl, almost like the mud mile. Only there's barbed wire in that as well. And uh, yeah, you've got you got flamethrowers, you've got explosions, you've got smoke, you've got uh, you, you you got the whole whole thing. <laughs> It'll, so, it'll feel like you're, you're storming the beach in Normandy or something out here. So if anyone wants, you can check out uh, This Is War X. I've also wrote about it in my book, uh, Mud Run Guides, Ultimate OCR Bucket List, available off strength and speed. So it was a quick blurb. And actually, no, I think, Phil, you actually wrote that article, that part of the book, didn't you? Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, got, uh, I, I got hooked up with these guys a number of years ago, and uh, they, they've got a, they got a great program out here. And I've basically just been coming out and volunteering and help, helping build the race because it's uh, – it's a good one. <laughs> All right, Akash, what do you have going on for the rest of the year? A baby. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, uh, October we're due, so after that I'll make a determined if I'm doing anything this year. I hope I get to, but at the same time, you know how that goes. That, that's I got to take care of things. <laughs> yeah, priorities, priorities shift pretty substantially after children. Um, yeah, let's say that. Uh, anyone going to OCR World Championships in Vermont? end of september i am not currently planning on going but that can always change at the last minute that one always ends up being kind of a last minute decision for me right on jenny you heading out there or no i said nope i'm not planning on it this year um i defense wise just can't make it make it happen gotcha all right no worries. I will be out there. Uh, stop by and say hi. We got a, we'll have a strength and speed booth in the kind of by the merch area. So I'll have some books and blagments for sale. You can try them on, try check out the lights or the extremes. And then other than that, obviously we have the books and blagments off of teamstrengthspeed.com. Final shout outs or plugs you want to give Jenny first. 
Um, okay, for just specifically to this toughest matter, I have to give some shout outs to um, Jason Rulo for all of the advice that he gave me beforehand. Um, anything that I did know going into it was because he told me. Um, and then you strength and speed for the pass to do the race. And Boom. then also, um, I, yeah. use one of my free, <laughs> I use one of my free passes for Jenny. And uh, for winning yes. the race, she gets another free pass. And now she is stuck yep. into the endless loop of toughest mutters where you do a race for free <laughs> and then you win and then you have to do another one and it never ends <laughs> the cycle continues yeah yeah i'm excited for that um and then also lastly alex buford who is a um, volition chiropractic that also helps out the mud gear battle battle alliance pro team um she drove us all out there the day of the event and then stayed up for 12 hours and drove us all home the next day so like seven eight plus hour drives both directions so shout out to her Brutal, brutal. Akash, what do you got? Well, first, shout out to our team, and of course, uh, you, Evan, thank you as always, and everyone at Strength and Speed. But also, uh, I got to quickly say, Caterpie Hoplite and Zero Shoes, thanks for keeping my feet alive and wadded them for my hands and frog feel to keep me going. But I got to be really honest, everyone on that course should be getting a shout out for helping everybody and motivating them. I wish we could name them all. Yeah, absolutely. Tough mud, the Tough Mudder community is always. It's always cool to see everyone pulling each other up and helping each other over obstacles and stuff like that. Love it. Phil, what do you have? Uh, just shout out to the, the team that helped get me through and a whole lot further than I thought I was going to make it. And uh, certainly a shout out to my wife who uh, was, was quite a bit of encouragement uh, even throughout the night and basically told me, Hey, you said you're going to do this. So now show me that you're going to do it. <laughs> So, yeah, kudos to her for also spurring me on to to getting the job done. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely appreciate the team. Akash was there uh, the last time I teamed up with him in Vegas in 2019. That was my 50th podium, and this past weekend was my 75th podium. So I was uh, super happy to accomplish that, and uh, things are always better, I feel like, when you accomplish them and you have friends either one help or two to celebrate kind of the accomplishment with you. So it felt, it felt really good to cross that line um, again with you, Akash and the rest of the team to kind of celebrate that moment. So appreciate all the help. I appreciate all the help of my crew and my travel woes that got me out there. That's the second travel disaster kind of I've had this year. The other one was before the regular or toughest uh, East when my plane got canceled and I had to sleep in the airport in Chicago Friday night and then uh, flew Saturday morning to Philadelphia. My bag flew to New York. My dad picked me up from Philadelphia. My mom picked up my bag from New York and then drove my bag to Philadelphia because I had all my race equipment. So literally, the, literally the support system surrounding uh, you know, the podiums and my racing and stuff like that is just huge. And um, yeah, that was the saying. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go together. If you want to go far, go together. All right. So I uh, definitely feel that. Absolutely. All right. We will see you all later this year at uh, what other events you're going to be at. And I hope to see some of you at OCR World Championships and uh, World Subs Mutter. All right. Thanks again, guys. And Jenny. Thanks, Evan. Thanks, Thanks Evan. Guys. That's kind of what